0: I'm Kylie, founder of Canal Expeditions, the best adventure travel company that you've never heard of. This is a 35,000 feet podcast where we interview interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. From the next big CEO to coaches of your favorite teams to everyone in between, we've got stories to tell. Let's jump in. Hi, guys. Welcome back. It's Morgan. Today, I'm sitting down with Coach Z. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm excited. We're excited to hear from you and just hear about your story. So I'd love to just dive into this and start getting to know you better. One of the first questions I wanted to ask you was um, if you could tell us about the highs and lows of your season.
1: Yeah, I would say this is the most unique season that I've had as a head coach. Uh, the wins and loss column has been the toughest of my career. I, I, it was a very difficult season from a wins and loss standpoint. But what makes it unique was it by far was one of my most favorite teams that I've coached and uh, i really grew a lot and i feel like they did too and when i say that i've had two tough seasons in my my nine-year tenure here at texas state that first go around i call it my sophomore season it just wasn't fun across the board this year is unique in that uh, i had eight freshmen and sophomores and generally speaking we have 12 to 15 women on a team so the 12 women on my team i had eight freshmen and sophomores and then only two seniors and two juniors and only one player on the team a senior was returning who had substantial playing experience and was a three-year starter for us so with that being said we were really young extremely youthful and as i've had opportunity to reflect because we've had some time now on you know kind of what happened we started out with an 0-8 slide Mm -hmm. in conference play and What made it tough was the fact that a lot of those games were, we were up by anywhere between 20 points all the way to six points with three minutes or less left. So we were losing some, some games that were just really close or we were ahead substantially that created a lot of stress for my team. It was, it was comical at the, uh, you know, now it's comical, but at the time it it wasn't, it sounded like a a commercial for a pharmaceutical company because I'd ask, you know, what's going on? Stress, Mm -hmm. anxiety, Uh, sweat, fear. And what I realized, and in the game of basketball, a lot of us coaches like to run what we call situationals. We ran a lot of different situations, being up, being down, probably two to three times a practice. That ended up becoming a large focus where we're probably spending 30% of our time in a practice or 40% of our time in situationals, anywhere between seven to nine. But if you were to ask him, what was the biggest difference for them when we had a four-game win streak or how we ended, you know, the last seven games we won five, where you could really see that we turned the corner but ran out of time, if you will, they'll tell you they go. They went back to the fact that we were able to run those situations. And so what I recognize is as important as off-court chemistry is, and it's extremely important being able to have that chemistry, the on-court chemistry isn't just about the relationship piece. It's also the experience piece of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think being able to put them in major stressful situations, right? Cause these kids did a great job. You're talking about three minutes or less left and we're up and we're oh. in, in those games. We're up substantially where yeah. we lose the lead and that anxiety sets in. Um, I think it was important to put them there as well as understanding that the leadership needs to be extremely strong And they need to be able to as a team when they're out there, those five young women, you know, look to teammates to kind of help them fight through that. And the youthfulness really played into um, the lack of having strong leadership Mm -hmm. to where you only get so many timeouts as a head coach to get them going. So that's what I learned in this particular season is that it's really important to be able to put your team in adverse situations if they're lacking youth. But they were so much fun to coach. They practice hard. Mm every game we played hard you never saw them quit and I really put a lot of that back on my staff as well we, we really coach from a place of love and I think that's important the last thing they needed is for us to you know kind of get after them consistently all the time mm-hmm. when they already had the feeling of letting each other down and so taking a look at this particular season I know I've learned that and I can tell you my leadership for the next season is already really excited and really um, engaged in the process of winning. And I think that's important because we've set a tradition of winning since I've been here at Texas State University. Mm-hmm. We've been a postseason play five times. Wow. So I, I know the expectation is gonna be great from this senior class, especially because they were part of one of the, the greatest seasons Texas State's ever seen as far as winning at the Division I era. So I'm looking forward to it. Wow. Uh, it's tough because my, my seniors that graduated, they're, the, they're twins. It's tough because I really wanted more for them. But it's also uh, important that I celebrate the positives that they had within their season. And they did a great job in the preseason with being able to put our team in position where we won our home games. We went undefeated at home. Um in, in preseason play, which is huge. One of the twins was able to, you know, hit that thousand point marker. So there are some positives and I think really focusing on the positives, especially once the ball's done bouncing. It's important to focus on the positives and those positive contributions that our student athletes make to our program.
0: I love listening to coaches and talking about their season. So thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you guys have such like chemistry on and off the court. I think that makes a huge difference in sports. Well, how did you get to be a coach? Well,
1: it's a very unique situation for me. I can tell you that I always thought I was going to be an engineer or an architect or something along those lines. Oh wow. yeah, my, my mother is, is, well, my mother was, she's retired now. She's 30, 30 years. She's a registered nurse, um, labor and delivery nurse, first assist. And then my father is a PhD in petroleum engineering. So he's an oil and gas guy. So I thought, you know, growing up, I would be in that tier. And and I graduated with a degree from Colorado State in natural sciences. And I have a geology and statistics minor. And I wasn't sure if I was going to go into engineering like my dad from there, I, I got really excited about statistics and I thought I'd be an actuarian, maybe go get a master's. But my boyfriend throughout my entire college career always knew his path and that was coaching. Mm-hmm. And so he had already left he's a year ahead of me and went on to graduate school as a graduate assistant at Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. So being a student athlete, there, there's so many blessings behind being a student athlete. One of them is, right, you, you have your, at the division one level, you have your Undergraduate degree paid for what the time at the same institution where my now husband who was my boyfriend at the time Was getting his graduate degree. They had an opening in the women's basketball program for a graduate assistant and back then um, In the late 90s, you could still coach and be a graduate assistant uh, Because they just had two coaches and like what they called a restricted earnings and so for me thinking, well, you know what, it's really important that I, I increase my ability to be able to be marketable, and uh, education is a big piece of who I am and comes from my family. I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity and go to Ohio University as a graduate student. I was very fortunate wow. that I was able to, to, you know, obtain the position, number one, and then two, uh, have a, I had some interest at the time in potentially becoming a coach because the year after i graduated i went home to houston and i worked for a company by the name of worldcom and they merged with mci when that happened there were seven of us that were interns working for this tech company and they laid all the interns off so during that time period that we got laid off after a few months i was like well geez i got to figure out what i want to do
0: you know until i
1: find another job i didn't want to just sit around my parents home and they wouldn't allow that anyhow so i started (laughs) teaching I was substitute teaching and then just coaching a local AAU basketball team. I was like, Oh, this is pretty fun. So again, my now husband, then, you know, I think, I think he is always, uh, he-, he likes to say, he's the one who got me jump started in this. Said, you know, I think you want to consider coaching. He's like, I think it's something you're going to really enjoy doing. And I-, and I couldn't disagree at the time I was enjoying coaching the high school kids at the AAU level. So when the opportunity opened up for the graduate assistant position, I went ahead and jumped on it at Ohio university and I got my master's in athletic administration. Now, I truly didn't want to be in school for very long, and going from math and science to uh, more along of a, a liberal arts line wasn't so fun for me. So I went oh. ahead and expedited that process, and I got it done in one year. Oh I went wow! This summer, yeah, I took 18, 17 uh, hour Credit. course. Oh. Ra- yeah, graduate school because I just I really didn't want to be uh, in school anymore, to be honest with you. And yeah. and and so it worked out well for me because Ohio University at the time was in trimesters as well. So. Oh. I was able to obtain my master's degree and my first coaching job was at the College of Charleston in South Carolina. And really it took off from there. I've never looked back. It's something I enjoy. And I truly listened to a lot of my mentors. The the one, there's two pieces of information. They all said the same thing. And that's number one, hiring your staff is the most important piece of being successful as a head coach. And number two, the day that you really don't enjoy the job or it becomes really laborsome and tiresome and you're not, excited about it then that's time to start thinking about your next step and I haven't really thought about the next step at all I you know for me I've just been really excited about being able to mentor young women in the game of sport and specifically mm-hmm. obviously in a game I love and that's basketball so that's really how it got started I, I always tell people I kind of I kind of stumbled into being a basketball coach because I can tell you as a student athlete I would look at the coaches you know when you're taking these early bus trips or early plane rides your coaches would be happy, excited, smiling, and I could never understand who would want to be in a profession where you'd have to wake up and travel so much and watch so much film um, and be so happy about it the whole time. So I can tell you a lot of my teammates definitely knew that wasn't going to be my track as well, and everyone is really surprised that I ended up you know, becoming a coach, and this has been you know, lifelong now for me over 20 years. Of coaching because initially uh, it's 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 an unforgiving profession in some ways, but very rewarding in, in many others.
0: Wow, well, it sounds like you were meant to be a coach then. It sounds like you worked hard to get where you're at, too. Yeah, I have, you, a non-traditional,
1: yeah. I have a non traditional start. Uh, I think it's different now in, in this mm-hmm. particular generation. I, I really came up through the ranks, if you will, because yeah. I was able to be a graduate assistant that could coach. I actually wow. got a coach as a basketball coach. Then I went to the College of Charleston. Right, which would be considered yeah. a low major. And then from there, I went back to Ohio University to coach, and then from there to Louisville, and then from Louisville to Arkansas. So obviously that would be the pinnacle, being in a Power 5 conference at that level, and then mm-hmm. having the opportunity to be a head coach at a mid-major program. So I appreciate, Morgan, the fact that I was able to have those stops, because if it wasn't for those opportunities – I think it would have been very difficult for me to be able to navigate through some of the things that you need to navigate through as a head coach and, honestly, as an assistant. When you're able to house more responsibilities, I think it really forces you to be thoughtful in what you do and really creative and innovative in problem solving. And that only helps when you have resources, right, because then you're really maximizing those resources you have, as well as you're also grateful for those opportunities when they, when they arrive.
0: Well, and I can, tell, I can tell the hard work you put into being a coach and that passion. So I know you have kids. How do you balance, like, being a wife, having kids, and being a coach?
1: Well, I think the, the most important thing is you have to understand there's always going to be sacrifices across the board. And there are definitely times, uh, you know, we have a particular group within our sport, uh, coaches, uh, a coach mom, if you will, support group because there are times when your kids start to recognize your absence and you have to be um, honestly pretty strong in, in your response and truly believe what you, what you tell them when you navigate through being a, a, a wife. so well, a wife and a coach, sorry. I'm also a coach's wife on top of that. So oh, there's two things to it. Um, but from, as far as being a coach, I always point to the time that I remember. There was a student athlete I had. She received a, a really prestigious academic award And it was late in the evening and I was on my way out the door and one of our twins said to me, mom, where are you going? I was like, oh, you know, uh, the student athlete got this great award. She's been working really hard. You know how hard it is to to get a good grade, right? Yeah, mom, we get that. Said, well, I'm going to go celebrate. He's like, well, is she more important than us. And I had a pit in my stomach. And I said, well, you know what? No, she's not more important than you but this is really important to her. And it's important for you know, mommy to be there to help celebrate her. It doesn't lessen the fact that I, you know, with our relationship and my love for you as a mom, because when these types of special things happen for you, I wanna be there to celebrate it as well. And one day, and it was Zachary, um, my, my, one of my twins, it was Zachary, I said, one day, Zachary, you know, you're gonna have the opportunity to be celebrated or you're gonna be celebrating someone outside of your family. It's gonna be really special to you and you're gonna understand better you know, where I'm coming from. Plus, the older they get, they, there's, there's a more of an understanding of their, their coaches' kids. They kind of get the, the time frames of when we're present and when we're not. So being present means this. If we're together as a family, I make sure that I'm, all my attention is on them. If it's during mealtime and I know a recruit's going to call, I make them aware early enough. I try to involve them as much as I can in what our day-to-day looks like. So they don't have mm-hmm. questions or concerns that they're being marginalized. And then from there, as the older the twins have gotten, I think they've done a better job of understanding and they actually have a lot of fun because the team ends up becoming their, like their sisters. So mm-hmm. those time periods where I'm gone for four to five days, it's definitely difficult for them. It's difficult for me as well. But yeah. the older they've gotten, they also, they also have their own lives. And I do my best at making sure that we communicate, obviously with technology now it's pretty easy. So I'm able to celebrate the fun things that happen through the day for them. You know, I'm able to leave them fun things, um, notes, things of, of that nature, you know. Um, and I'm able to communicate with them to where they clearly understand how much I love them. And then when I'm home, I'm home and I'm with them. So I spend the majority of my time at home um, when they're awake with them. And then with, with the exception of recruiting calls, and then when they're in bed, so between, I, I don't go to bed till one. So that's the first piece of it. Oh, wow. so anywhere between nine to 10 in every school day, we are working, I'm, I'm working on getting them ready for the next day. And then from 10 to one is generally when I'm, I'm working. And that's when I get my most peace. Cause when I'm in the office, I'm pretty busy tending to a lot of different things. My players practice, you know, meetings, things of that nature. Yeah. So that is actually my favorite time to get some work done. It's that 10 to one o'clock. I get a lot of work done and, that's really what my day-to-day looks like with the exception when I'm out of season. it's, it's, It's a lot more open and we have weeks at a time that I can spend with my kids and my family where I'm really involved and I can pick them up
0: and things of that nature. That's like some of the best advice I've heard about balancing, you know, between life. And I'm excited for people to listen to that and like take that advice that you just gave us. So thank you for sharing that. What's one of your most memorable travel experiences?
1: You know, I've had quite a few. So, uh, you know, my my mother is is Chinese and my father's Guyanese. So, my my mother was born in in China back then; it was Canton China. My father was born in British Guyana. So, with having international parents, they both came here to the U.S. and, and met in college. But uh, I've had the opportunity to travel internationally because of my my family. But then the other piece I've been able to travel as well as a coach. I can tell you, I've had quite a few amazing experiences as a coach. Um, with my team, there was a team when I was at Ohio university, we took a trip to Belgium, uh, Germany and France, and that was a lot of fun. But as a coach from a recruiting standpoint, going out to the FIBA tournaments, I actually had a ton of fun, uh, when I was in Slovakia and Slovenia. And I I say this because anytime someone asks me about driving, people know I don't have any issues at all with, with boasting. Um, about my ability to be able to navigate so whether something is easy as coach can i get your bags no i had twins i had twins and you know my husband and i were apart because he's a coach so i can navigate holding a bunch of things at once the other thing i'm pretty good at navigating is being able to navigate period because i'm very lucky in, in in that my dad taught me when i was 13 how to drive a stick shift so i remember you know arriving at the airport in slovenia being able to hop in a car, right, in an international country, in a very small car, if you will, I'm 6'2", and drive that stick shift and get myself to my hotel and able to watch those games. That's probably one of my most fun adventures because if I was to do that now, I I wouldn't say I would necessarily have anxiety, but I would probably be a little stressed, like I would be overthinking it. But back then in my late 20s, to me, it was really nothing. It was just like another fun adventure. I had a great time doing that especially when you're, when you're younger and you don't necessarily have a family. Then when you get to recruit internationally, as well as growing up, having international parents, you really enjoy those moments. And so I would go off the beaten path as well. So those in between times where I wasn't watching games, I would go out and I would walk the city and then I extended my time. I met some friends out there. I made, I made some additional friends out there. I extended my time another month and then we went traveling um, in Italy and oh, wow. had a good time. so I've, I've been very fortunate that way from a coaching perspective, whether it be with the team or whether it be with, you know, my ability to be able to recruit. And my favorite trip since I've been here at Texas State, because I am a big believer in being able to have these experiences, actually yeah. taking a bunch of girls from the south to New York. We uh, had the opportunity, generally I generally go south, I will say that, being here at Texas State to keep it nice and warm. I don't like to change, but one time zone. I think time zone changes make a huge difference in your athlete's body and their, their, their central nervous system being ready to play a game. So I really don't wanna to go too far away from a time zone. But the majority of my team had never been out east and none of them ever been to New York. So we set up this trip, okay, where we played at Dartmouth which you know is New yeah. Hampshire, and then with uh, some time in between, we were going to go down to Morgan State in Baltimore. Yeah. So we flew into Boston and uh, had a great time taking him into Boston. The best part of Boston we flew in was we flew in. We went to Fennell Hall. We walked around a little bit. Boom! Turned around and we practiced at Harvard. And so be, to be oh. able to talk to your student athletes about playing on the court, um, at Har- you know at Harvard, mm-hmm. and then have the opportunity to go play up at Dartmouth. And them understanding that Ivy League student athletes aren't scholarship athletes and what that looks like is pretty special. And one of the best players actually this year in the state of Texas is going to Harvard. So it was kind of neat for those kids from Dallas to know, oh, gosh, this is where she's going to be playing, going to school. So sharing that experience with them is really, was really awesome. Taking them to a place like New Hampshire, taking them up to Dartmouth, seeing the snow was really fun. Played a game, came down, took them um, down to New York. And we stayed in Jersey. So then they had an opportunity. So we started the Jersey side at the transit station there, took the ferry across the water. None have ever been on a ferry before. Got to talk about the Hudson river. And then I picked my, you know, spots in New York um, that I thought would be important that we can get to in a day, if you will, especially with student athletes. And you know, you have a game. So New York, I've probably been to New York 10 to 15 times. So for me, I thought, okay, I need to do something extremely educational. So we went right away to St. Patrick's Cathedral, uh, spent a little bit of time there, talked about that, took them to Ro- you know, Rockefeller Plaza, where a lot of us get to see the tree lighting every year. So they got to see the tree. Uh, ice skating was off limits. I, 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 I wasn't as brave as my coaches, a student athlete. They took us and we got to go ice skating. I, I just was, wasn't going to allow them to do that. But then from there, uh, We took them to Grand Central Station, which, you know, you get to see in a lot of movies, which is a lot of fun. We did a TikTok there at the time. I didn't even know what I was doing. They asked me to join part of it, and it's now Renegade. So there is a TikTok out there in the media of me with my team. Um, Just a couple. Don't, Don't hold me to it. We did Renegade in Grand Central Station, as well as other spots. I just kept doing it wherever we were, so it was really cool. And then from there, we took them to, of course, Times Square. Everyone knows Times Square. Then we got it we got on the subway, which again, none none of them have been in New York. You gotta go on quintessential, right? New York, you gotta get on the subway. Yeah. So we took the subway down to ground zero. And we ended at ground zero for a lot of different reasons to get another historical uh, memorial here in the United States. And then from there, we hopped on the bus and went on down to Baltimore. So I will tell you that's probably my favorite trip that I've been on since I've mm-hmm. been here at Texas State. And that does include, you know, we've taken them to Cancun for uh a trip as well, but by far I would say New York is my favorite, and I've already said we're going to go there again in the next four years because it was quite an experience for a lot of them because a lot of them have never been out of their region, you know. Wow! Somebody even out of the country to Mexico or the Bahamas, but they've never been to New York. So I would yeah. say that is my my favorite trip. And then outside of that, it's just visiting family in Asia, just having the opportunity to visit my my family when when um, I get a chance to. I've got family in uh, in Malaysia and in Sabah. I'm um, pretty far m- removed from our family in China cuz my mom was born and then her family left when the communists came and they,
0: oh, wow. they immigrated
1: to uh, Malaysia so that's where a lot of my family is in Malaysia and Singapore and Australia
0: wow okay that's a cool story i love like i love hearing where families come from and the different things you can learn cuz i feel like so much knowledge comes from like learning about different cultures and i don't know coming from different cultures so i think that's amazing what's your team's next adventure New York. What's after this? Well,
1: next. No. So now, next year. I mean, this is still. this is not a downer. They're gonna go to Disney World next year. So what? We're going, we're going to Orlando. Yeah. I. I just was very blessed, and I recognize that. And I point to a particular tournament. I won't. I won't name that particular school when I was a student athlete. But we went to a tournament in a really. And back then, they did these banquets where the student athletes would mingle. They don't do that as much anymore. And so. I get to myself asking these other teams, hey, did you guys get a chance to go to Disneyland in California and Anaheim? They said no. I said, like, what have you guys been doing? And they all were saying, we haven't gone anywhere. We've just been staying in our hotel room. And it was at that point I realized that I was very fortunate to have the coaches that I did because as a student athlete, I was able to experience a lot.
0: Yeah. And
1: so for me, it's really important to be able to do that. Even if it's something as small, Morgan, is. we're flying into Atlanta and taking them to the Martin Luther King Memorial, we'll do that. We're able to visit the Naismith Hall of Fame If I know it's along the way or off the beaten path, we're gonna go there. And uh, my director of basketball operations, she's right in tune with me as far as getting excited about trips, whether we be driving or flying. Just taking 15, 20 minutes out of our, our day to expose our student athletes to things that they may or may not have been exposed to before and making it really fun is exciting for me. So next year right now, it's Disney World, but I, I can tell you where there's always two or three other stops along the way, depending on where we're going, that will give them an experience. Sometimes it's a culinary experience because women's basketball players, we do like to eat. Yeah. Other times it's a chance to just see sights to be seen you know and so so i'm i'm excited to see what next year brings but for sure they've known now disney world is is on the map we're going to orlando
0: oh okay that's so exciting i think it's awesome when coaches take their teams to do fun things cuz you know they'll remember the sports but they'll definitely remember those trips that they had those relationships building experiences for sure what's one thing that no one knows about you that you can share with us today
1: uh, one thing that no one knows about me and if if you saw i'm very tall
0: you said six I played two, right? soccer.
1: I played soccer for quite some time, all the way until ninth grade. I was a striker. Um, I'm six-2, yeah. And <laughs> I don't think a lot of people knew that I was a soccer player for, for, for that long. Um, and then the other thing I could say people probably would never know, I don't talk about anymore is I've been to 12 different McDonald's in 12 different countries. <laughs> but with that being said, I've probably not eaten at McDonald's in about 20 years. So just growing up and traveling so much as a, as a youngster, I th- always thought it was really cool. If there's one thing my parents had keep consistent, they allowed us to go to McDonald's. We would never go to McDonald's in America, but when we traveled, it was kind of a thing. Um, being able to see the different cuisine in different countries. And so that was like a, a known fact about me for quite some time.
0: Oh my goodness, yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's cool though. I'm like, I, I used to do that with Chick-fil-A's. Like I take a picture oh. of Chick Fil A signs because they make them unique, and I love that you guys. Have you been to
1: the original Dwarf House in Atlanta?
0: No, I haven't. I want to so bad though. To go.
1: So that's a stop where we actually took our team years ago. Yeah, really? we yeah we played at Kino, uh I want to say we played at uh, Kennesaw State. Maybe at the time No, We always played Georgia State and Georgia Southern, but I think it's where it was located. We we're able to go by. It. Yeah, the original Dwarf House. Oh, you gotta go. You gotta go. Oh yeah,
0: day. I'll add that to my list. That's so okay. fun. You guys are getting all these experiences. I'm like,
1: what? well, it comes with age. I'll yes. be honest, it comes with age.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. But oh my goodness! Well, what are you most excited for about this upcoming season?
1: Oh, uh, what I think I'm most excited about is uh, the team looks so different. And when I say that, we've added a lot of, of personalities, and a lot of personalities. I think they're going to help from a leadership standpoint. And in addition to that, a lot of our dynamic has been pretty guard heavy over my tenure. In, in this case, it's going to be really competitive in that forward position. So I think that's going to be really fun. And then I'm really trying to be a glass half full person navigating through COVID. And mm-hmm. there is a little bit of excitement for me as far as doing the best I can for our athletes and finding yeah. a way to win. Because, of the basket, because basketball is a winter sport right now, we're probably the last, not probably, I know we are, we're not at the forefront of what the NCAA and administrations are really looking for helping, right? It's those student athletes that were in a season. So you're talking about your spring sports, your golf, your softball, your baseball sports, those young women and young men need to be taken care of as far as navigating through, you know, they were able to receive an extra year. What does that look like for them? So while the next sports that are going to be coming up for you is going to be your cross country and your soccer and your football and volleyball, so those student athletes then just try to navigate through what that might look like as far as playing seasons, what we're going to be allowed to do in this country, and whatnot. So knowing that we're a winner sport, I'm just curious to see what that looks like for us, right? Budgets are going to change now. there's so much that's changing and constantly morphing, but the one thing I feel like coaches are built for is change, and the other thing I really believe, Gen Z, is that they're really good at change. Um, there's certain things that need to be structured, but there are other things that they kind of just roll with. And so I'm excited um, about being able to navigate those waters with the team that I have. I feel like it's a good, it's a really good team. Uh, if I had to have any team going into this situation, this is the team that I would want to, to take with me, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I, I'm curious to see how it all plays out, but most importantly for me, it's just, making sure that they know that I'm here for them. And that means that I'm going to make sure that we get our degree and that we find a way to, to make a run for a championship this upcoming season, regardless of what, you know, nature throws at us.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see where your team goes and like how they work through things because I -hmm. think this is going to be a good, you know, a good test for the teams to like keep working even with everything going on, you know what, do what they can. So Thank you so much, seriously, for letting us get a glimpse into your wonderful team. I had a blast listening to you and like getting an insight into your team and your life and your family. That was so fun.
1: Well, thank you, Morgan. I appreciate it and I appreciate your podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to the 35,000 Feet Podcast where we chat with interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. Do you have a story that you want to share? Visit www.acanela.com slash podcasts to share your story and be featured on our next episode of 35,000 Feet.